With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. And on today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky State High School Football Championships, which will be held this weekend at Kroger Field. Three games on Friday, three games on Saturday. And who better to help us preview those games than our own Jerry Peck, the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com's prep writer extraordinaire. Uh, We're going to break down all six of the games with Jared. We're going to talk about players to watch and what kind of season it has been this year in Kentucky State High School football. Before we get to Jared, a couple of quick reminders. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. We really appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. You can help us out by getting a subscription, a digital subscription to Kentucky.com or a print subscription to the Lexington Herald Leader. Go to the Kentucky.com website, hit on the subscription button. Check out all the offers for subscriptions to Kentucky.com. So without any further ado, let's get right to it with Jared Peck as we preview this weekend's Kentucky State High School Football Championships at Kroger Field. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Herald Leader and Kentucky.com preps writer Jared Peck. How's it going, Jared? Uh, busy. It's fairly busy, but, uh, you know, basketball season, football season, nobody uh, asked me whether we should be doing, uh, you know, both of those at the same time. They did. I, I, I would have voted not to do both start one while the other one was still going on. It's That's, kind of a problem. That sounds like an oversight on Julian Tackett's uh, <laughs> behalf. We're going to have to complain to Julian the next time we see him about that, why he didn't uh, poll you about uh, how to do this. This year, yeah, the yeah. state football championships are this weekend. That's why we're talking to Jared starting Friday. All games are at Kroger Field. Before we get into individual matchups, Jared, how's the season and the playoffs been so far? Has this been a good, exciting season? Just an okay season? Disappointing season? From your perspective, what kind of season has this been? Well, I think in Lexington, it's been disappointing from the perspective of LCA. They didn't have the year they wanted to, and they got knocked out of the playoffs uh, last week. Uh, by a very good Mayfield team. Uh, for me, it's been great. I mean, we had Brian Station uh, was involved in the state semifinals, won their first region championship in 23 years uh, the week before. Uh, just a historic season, uh, beating uh, Trinity on the way to that region championship. Uh, you know, that was a, a great game on the north side, and all those fans are stoked. Uh, Douglas has probably got its best team 
maybe that it's ever had. And, uh, you know, for them, the Broncos hope that they can finally cap that off with the state title on their third try at it. Um, and then, you know, you know, Sayers coming along into the city. Uh, they're going to get redistricted next year. But I saw a lot of great games. I went to Paris. I went to Bowl County. I went to, um, like I said, I went to Mayfield uh, last week, which was an awesome experience, um, especially since they were pretty happy they won. Uh, but it's been a great season. And, you know, people talk about we, we have the playoffs seeded by RPI. And, you know, lots of people complain about that as it starts to play out in the first few weeks of the, the postseason because the first couple of weeks are – kind of new district um uh uh you know, cross district things they change the playoff format on us again but then it sort of shakes out and now we've got uh the teams that are should be here are here i mean we have number one versus number two in the class a number one versus number two in class 2a number one versus number two in class 3a and, and you know the mix is up a little bit further down I think uh, I think in two A it's a one versus three, but I mean all the teams that we thought were good are really good. They're really here. Uh, in Class Six A, there's been a ton of upsets this year. You know we don't have uh, the Louisville Privates there this year. Um, it's two public schools. Mail's one of them, of course they are. But then Bullet East, um, you know I don't think anybody would have predicted the beginning of the season that Bullet East would be fighting for a Class Six A state championship at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. Well, let's get right into it. Let's get right into the matchups. Uh, we're going to go by uh, the schedule uh, in chronological order, starting with the Friday noon game, Class A final between Pikeville and Raceland. Pikeville's eleven and two. Raceland's thirteen and one. A couple of powers. How do you see that one? Well, yeah, this is like an Eastern Kentucky battle. This is a battle we wouldn't have gotten under the old system. Um, RPI has given us this battle because. You know, two Eastern Kentucky teams would have had to knock each other out um, bef- uh, on the way to the finals before RPI came along. Um, at the beginning of the season, Pikeville's coach picked Raceland number one, and Raceland's coach picked Pikeville number one, and <laughs> here they are. Um, the thing about Pikeville is they, they have an offensive line that's not normal for a Class A team. Uh, they've got two brothers in the middle of that offensive line, uh, the Sayer brothers that um, – Go six one three hundred, um, and they crack open a lot of holes for Blake Birchfield, who is a candidate for Mister Football or should be. And, and you know, depending on what he does, what he does on Friday, you know, the last three Mister Footballs or three of the last four Mister Footballs have uh, you know put their stamp on their their final notch on their resume by being the MVP in the in their title game. And Blake Parksfield was the MVP of the title game last year when Pikeville won it. Um, and if he has a big day to, uh, on Friday, uh, he could go a long way towards uh, convincing some of the coaches who vote in the coaches, Mr. Football, and some of the media members who vote in the, the media, Mr. Football, uh, that he should be the one. Uh, there's a couple other guys out there that uh, can really claim to being the best player, senior player in the state. Uh, Blake Birchfield is certainly one of them. Uh, on the other side, Raceland's got, uh, you know, uh, uh, they can pass it in, throw it, to, as, as Pikeville does. Pikeville's more of a rushing team this year, but uh, Raceland's got a quarterback who's thrown for 2,000 yards and rushed for 388 and has about 41 TDs between them and um, got a, you know, district, their own district player of the year candidate and 
Connor Hughes, who plays offense and defense, I think, and you know he has 506 yards and eight TDs, and uh, he's done some rushing as well. Um, but that, that's a great matchup that people have been waiting uh, a fairly long time for. Um, you know, I, I think Pikeville's probably got too much for Raceland. They haven't played in a while, um, I don't think. But when they when they do, uh, Pikeville's mostly gotten the better of it, um, and it's uh, including last year when Pikeville won in a route, and their team might be better this year. Really, really. Okay, uh, so you like Pikeville probably in that one. Uh, okay. I do, but, but Raceland's got a lot of folks back, so I, I, I might have overstated uh, Pikeville's hand there because Raceland does turn, return a lot of people who will be smarting from that loss right. last season and wanting to pay them back at the most opportune time here. So you expect a close game is what you're saying? Uh, I think Raceland will put up a fight. Okay, <laughs> but I think Pikeville should prevail. Okay. Okay, let's move on to the 2A game, which is at 4 o'clock. It's uh, Beachwood 13-1 and against undefeated Mayfield 14-0. and Obviously, Mayfield, a great story after the tornadoes and, uh, that happened there. Uh, I guess that was last year or last December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, December. What? Uh, how does this ma- how does this matchup shape up? As you mentioned, you went to Mayfield. How was that trip? And how how do you see this matchup? The trip was fantastic. The War Memorial Stadium down there um, is a gem. It's uh, quite something, and you know the fans really turned out for that. They they fill up the grandstand. They fill up uh, uh, the end zone and kind of around the corner. They tell you know. They, trucks back up to the fence it's a short fence so you can get yelled at pretty hard if you're standing too close, <laughs> too close to the fence uh, i got experience I, there Jerry? i got I, I, people told me what i could put in the herald leader i can tell you that much <laughs> um uh, there's a few a little bit of that but it was an uh, outstanding atmosphere and mayfield came to play uh uh you know lca team could throw it around a little bit but uh you know, as I, I told something earlier, LCA's problem this year and the LCA's problem for the last few years is uh, they can beat you with a stick for a while, but after a little bit, they hand you the stick and says, here, it's your turn. And that's what happened to them against Mayfield. And that's what happened to them against Beachwood for the, la- the last couple of years. Uh, they, they were just snake bit. Uh, Mayfield did not commit any uh, egregious errors uh, against LCA. And they had a play at the end of the first half that swung the whole momentum towards them. They scored on a one-play TD. Um, Just, uh, you know, they were down 21-14 with nine seconds left to go in the the first half and uh, threw a 45-yard bomb to tie the game going into the the locker room. And the rest of that game was pretty much all Mayfield. They just – uh, LCA could not recover from that momentum swing. Um, Mayfield's going to need that kind of, you know, feeling this week. Beachwood is a very serious team. They are going for their third straight state title. Now, Beachwood hasn't been really overdogs uh, in this streak that they've had. They've been, um, you know, Beachwood's won two in a row, but those have been really close games against LCA, and they've come down to the last play of the game just about each time i think um it's it's been very very tight uh 
Now, uh, I was impressed with Mayfield. They can run it and throw it. Um, Beachwood is a team that lost its leading rusher and you know one of its best baseball and football players, Mitchell Berger, uh, eight weeks into the season. Uh, he went down with a knee injury after he already amassed a 1,000 yards. Well, the next guy up in six games has got 500 yards and several touchdowns, Chase Flaherty. And, uh, you know, they haven't skipped a beat. They just keep on trucking as you would expect a, a Beachwood Tiger team would. You know, they don't have 16 some state titles for nothing. They are a machine under Noel Rash, and uh, they're going to come in expecting that they're going to win. But, uh, you know, Mayfield might have something for them. I think Mayfield, I don't know how many people outside Fort Thomas are going to be rooting for Beachwood um, with Mayfield at Kroger Field on uh, Friday. Um, but, you know, Mayfield's got 12 titles and has been an overdog plenty of times, too. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have a great game. I mean, we, we, we should have a great game. Yeah, it'd be a great story either way uh, with Mayfield going up against Beachwood there in the 2A game. Okay, let's move on to the 4A game, which will be 8 o'clock on Friday night at Kroger Field. You got another undefeated team in that one in Corbin, who's 14-0, and going up against Powerhouse Boyle County, who's 12-2. and What's that one look like, Jared? Uh, looks like another slobber knocker, and this could be a, a, a pretty high-scoring one. Really? Um, Corbin is undefeated. Uh, they got a little test last week from an improved Franklin County team that came on after uh, Caden Mormon recovered from his injury. Uh, uh, they really were tested by Franklin County, and they hadn't really been tested uh, all year until last week. Boyle County's uh, been tested as well. They took a loss to Frederick Douglass, which a lot of teams do. Um, but, uh, you know, they went and upset Frederick Douglass last year, and Frederick Douglass, you know, wanted to get its lick back, as the players said. And they got it back, and they – they kind of uh, handled Boyle County this year, but um, Boyle County has looked good. Uh, they were in a tight game also last week against Corbin, and, and one of the difference-making plays was, and it wasn't the most astounding play of the last weekend because there's another one in Class 6 that i got to tell you about, but in in the Boyle game against uh, Central, uh, it was you know a one TD game, and uh, Boyle County had the ball, and they were basically backed up on their own 16. And uh, Boyle quarterback Sage Dawson arced a high pass to midfield that looked like it was going to be an interception and was going to be a huge momentum swing for the Yellow Jackets. And uh, Boyle County sophomore Montaven Quisenberry flicked it up between defenders, came down with it as the defenders fell to the ground, and then went 84 yards for what essentially was the clinching score. Wow. Uh, it's an amazing highlight. It's on Twitter. You can find it. <laughs> you can find it in my uh, uh, feed if you scroll back on Twitter long enough. But the Bull County Rebels uh, Twitter handle tweeted it out. But uh, they couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's probably got about you know ten to 15,000 views now. Uh, it's astounding. And Monte McQuisenberry is a sophomore, and he's a player you're going to hear about for the next – two or three years. He already has offers from Louisville and Kentucky. He's going to get more and more offers. He is an electrifying player. He's only like 5'8", 155, but he is lightning quick. Uh, he's got great instincts on defense. Uh, he has three punt return TDs, three kickoff return TDs, almost 1,000 yards rushing, almost 1,000 yards receiving, and uh, more TDs than I'm going to add up for you. But 
uh, he is astounding. And Boyle County is pretty good besides that. They've got, uh, you know, a defensive end and, and Tommy Zeismer who's going to go to UK. He's got uh, nine sacks and 78 tackles. They've got Sage Dawson, who was an outstanding quarterback at Danville, transferred to Boyle County. Now he's an outstanding quarterback um, for Boyle County. And he's got, you know, 1,600 yards and 23 t- TDs. They've got a junior running back in Avery Bodner. Who has a you know a thousand yards, I think, maybe for the second straight season. And, and and then Corbin's on the other side, which was coached by Justin Haddix and went to a couple of state finals under Justin Haddix, who's now the Boyles coach. They've got uh, a, um, their coach for the last couple of years has been, I think, Tom Greer, and he has uh, got them firing all on all cylinders. They haven't, like I said, they hadn't been tested right until right at the end with Franklin County. 2,000-yard passer with Kate Elam, who has 31 yards TD passing. Um, Cameron Cohn's a running back that's 1,300 yards and 17 TDs. Uh, Israel Summers is uh, on defense, has eight sacks. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> they, – they're, they're the number one and, I guess, number two teams versus the RPI, and they were the number one of three teams via Cantrell ratings. Uh Corbin's offense ranks number two. Boyle's offense ranks number one in the class. Wow. Corbin's defense ranks number one. Boyle County's ranks number four in the class. Wow. I mean, these are the these are the teams that should be be here, and here they are. Uh, so, uh, it's there's a reason why this game is in prime time. Right. It's not just because of the, uh, <laughs> the because it goes in order. The they, they try to put the four A game in, in prime time anyway. Yeah. But this is a this is a prime time game for sure. Yeah. It, it, so who do you like in that like in this one, or you think it's too close to call? Well, Boy County's won two in a row, and you know it's it's interesting because of the dynamic where you know Corbin Hex left Corbin for Boyle County, and then immediately went to Boyle County and had tremendous success, and then. Right. You know, Corbin's coach Tom Greer was a defense coordinator under Haddix. Um, so they know each other. They know each other really well. Right. Um, but I'm more impressed with who Boyle's played and beaten and lost to than who Corbin has played, beaten and lost to. And Boyle has been there under those lights on that field two years in a row. All those players know what it means to be there. That Corbin is like Corbin has been a few years since they've you know, none of these upperclassmen. I mean, maybe, maybe 2018. Maybe some of them were there. Right. But it's it's been a while since Corbin's been under the bright lights, and I think maybe the moment gets to them, and it could come down to. It could be a great game. I think it could be a great game, but I think Boyle County has that kind of been there, done that edge, just to pull it out. Yeah, that accounts for something. There's no doubt about that. Okay, we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to get to the Saturday games at Kroger Field, the State High School Football Championships with Jared Peck. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, back here with Jared Peck, uh, prep writer extraordinaire for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. We've gone over the Friday games. Now let's move on to the Saturday game starting with the noon kickoff where it's the 3A final between the Christian Academy of Louisville, 14-0 and against Bardstown, also 14-0. and You've got two undefeated teams going against each other here, Jared. Who's going to take that first loss? <laughs> uh, it might be Bardstown. Uh, really? Again, it's another situation where Bardstown uh, well, neither of these teams have really played many. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 hard to it's hard to say. They haven't played any common opponents. Really? Um, it's uh, you know the only kind of correlation I can draw is that Bardstown really beat uh, Union County pretty good, sixty six thirty three uh, a couple weeks ago, and then. Or and then uh, Cal uh, only barely beat Paducah Tillman a couple of weeks ago, and Union County beat Tillman. That's the only correlation <laughs> I can draw between these two teams. They both can light it up. They both have, you know, outstanding players. Uh, they both have district players of the year. Uh, Cal has uh, Cole Hodge, who's a junior quarter uh, quarterback. Um, that has uh, been lightening up this year almost 2,700 yards, 45 TDs. can also run it for 669 yards and 9 TDs. Uh, they have a 1,000-yard rusher in Gavin Copperhaver at a running back. who also is an outstanding linebacker who I think is one of their leaders in tackles with 105. You know, Bardstown on the other side, their district player of the year was uh, Tyleek Williams, who is – only stands 5'5", five, five, but has 1,788 yards and 25 TDs and has six receiving TDs. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be – it's going to be really interesting. I, I got this game as a Christian Academy win, um, but neither of these teams have been there a while. The last time the Christian Academy Louisville was there was 2018 under the former uh, Louisville quarterback, uh, Stefan DeFores. Um, and then, you know, the new coach or the coach for the last few years has been Hunter, uh, Cantwell. And he was also a little bit quarterback. (laughs) He followed, uh, LaForce there. And, um, so, but, you know, Cal's been really good. They got upset last year. We thought Cal would be in this game last year and Paducah Tillman, uh, came in under 500 in the postseason and shocked the world. And uh, certainly shot Cal. Cal did not get shocked by them this time, but they only barely beat them. Um, so I, I, you know, I think people will feel like that Cal is kind of the overwhelming favorite and Bardstown is the underdog. I kind of feel that way as well. Um, it, it uh, but I, you know, really do not have any idea how this game will play out. Really, really. Well, that well, then it should be. Well, that's right. That's what makes you excited. Yeah, they're right. both, you know. Right. That's, <laughs> that's why we're here. That's why they're, <laughs> they're the both. Game. Un, 
<laughs> this is the only matchup of undefeated teams uh, in the finals. So, you know, Cal is 14-0 and Barkstown is 14-0. It's the only uh, unbeaten versus unbeaten we've got. And then they both are – Cal's number one. Barkstown's number two in the RPI in Cantrell. Uh, Cal's number one in offense. Barkstown's number two on offense. Yeah. Cal's number one on defense. Barstown's number two on defense. Yeah. Um, they're just, it's just uh, a, a great matchup. And uh, it's, this is why the playoff system has been set up like it is to have this, you know, great matchup at Kroger Field. Yeah. Yeah. No, you get, it doesn't get much better than that. One one versus two, and both of them unbeaten. Uh, okay, let's go to the 4 o'clock game, and that is the 6A game. Go a little out of order, but 6A game with uh, Louisville Mail 10-4 and four against Bullet East 13-1. As you mentioned previously, the Louisville private schools didn't make it to the championship game this year. How big of an upset was that, and how do you see the Mail Bullet East game? How does that shape up? Uh, not having thing next year is pretty, pretty big. They won the state title last year. They were number one going into the postseason, and they had beaten Mail um, in the regular season uh, by you know twenty four by two touchdowns. And then Mail wakes up in the second week and beats them in overtime, twenty two twenty one, and knocks them out of the playoffs. And all of a sudden, Mail's got their spot. Um, and then you know. Uh, Classics A has been kind of a jumble this year. You know, Bullities, uh beat Mayo. Uh, Ballard beat a couple of teams. I think Ballard beat Trinity and uh, see who else they beat. They beat Mayo. Um, but uh, you know, last week we got to talk about the astounding play, and I don't know if you saw it. I don't know how you haven't seen it since it seems to have a hundred thousand views wow. from uh, what the guy who took it. So. Twitter video, but uh, Ballard had stopped Mail on fourth and goal at the one with under 30 seconds left in the game. And all they had to do was kneel the ball out. You know, they were on the goal line, so they had to push it forward a little bit and just fall down. And Ballard would be here this week. Somehow, when this ball was snapped, the ball sported forward like it was a rugby match. And it popped forward to the four-yard line where a male player whose nickname is, I kid you not, Scoop. Really? (laughs) He picked the ball up and took it in for the go-ahead score with 21 seconds left. And the player he picked it up was Corey Mattingly, who had already been nicknamed Scoop and now will be nicknamed Scoop for the rest of his life (laughs) because he got the scoop and score that – won this game. And I think if Ballard had just fallen backwards into the end zone and taken a safety, they would have been better off than what happened. Um, So it was an astounding finish uh, just from the death of, you know, going home and uh, not making a, you know, this is their fifth straight class six, a finals for male. Now they've lost three of them in a row. I think they won the one and two, the first one. Under Chris Wolf, um, but uh, they've had a, a tough season. This is not a typical male season and not a typical male team. Bullet East beat them earlier in the regular season. They beat them with three second half scores, um, and male was without their thousand yard rusher, rusher Daniel Sweeney. Daniel, he was out with a shoulder injury uh, for four weeks, and he came back after the Bullet East 
game and has been okay since. Um, you know, people think that, you know, Sweeney, Sweeney might make a difference this week, and he might very well at that. Bullet East has a quarterback, Travis Egan, who is a, another Mr. Football candidate that's playing uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, he is uh, the grandson of a former Bullet East coach, Mike Egan, uh, from the, uh, you know, mid 80s to 2001. Um, he's playing the same position his dad played, Brandon. Egan uh, played quarterback. He's already broken his dad's, uh, you know, passing record for uh, career yards. So Egan's got uh, 2,600 yards and 31 TDs this year, and he's rushed for 901 yards and 17 TDs. So dual threat quarterback back there. Uh, and they have a 1,400-yard uh, rusher besides in uh, Mason Gautier. And then, uh, you know, Mail has also kind of got a dual threat guy, and Lucas Cobbler who's a senior QB. You know, 1,100 yards passing, 14 TDs, 695 yards rushing, 5 TDs. You already mentioned Sweeney. Um, so, you know, I the only thing that's been certain about Class 6A this year is that chaos has been the certainty, absolute chaos. So I think Mail, uh, maybe, you know, Sweeney being back helps them, uh, them being here. And not being caught in the bright lights of Kroger Field helps them, and they pull out a win. Um, but it could be close um, because Bullities uh, hasn't been, in, you know, when, you, when you're playing a district with mail, uh, you kind of get over that, you know, gosh, these guys are, there's a lot of those guys over there, and they're really big. You're, you're over that. And they, then, and they won it this year, so they're not going to be afraid. Yeah. And uh, if you say been a chaotic year in six A. Who knows what could happen in the in this cha- in this championship game, which uh, will be four o'clock on Saturday at Kroger Field. Okay, now let's move on to the nightcap, the uh, final game of the six games. It's the five A final, eight o'clock at Kroger Field on Saturday night. Bowling Green twelve and two against Frederick Douglass fourteen and zero. How do you see this one, Jared? Well, if, if Frederick Douglass is going to win a state title, and they've been there twice already now and should have been there three times, I think this needs to be the, the year they do it. I mean, and that's a lot of added pressure on them. I mean, they feel it too. They feel like, you know, this class, you know, they've had the COVID year with a couple of guys coming back, including, you know, Kentucky commit Ty Bryant, who came back. He didn't come back specifically for this. He wanted to get bigger and faster for when he went to UK, but uh, this is one of the things that they want to get done. Uh, they got uh, Jamarian Harkless in the line. They have the most dominating defense all year. They only give up 4.8 yards a game uh, or points per game, excuse me, 4.8 points a game. That's about how many yards they give up sometimes. Um, uh, they are the most dominant defense in the state, regardless of class. Uh, you know, Owensboro found that out last week when they came up there and all they could get was two points on a safety because the offense kind of messed, Douglas's offense kind of messed up. But it is hard to move the ball against Douglas. Covenant Catholic couldn't do it. Um, and Owensboro couldn't do it. And we're going to see whether, uh, Bowling Green can do it. They have a very, you know, nice, uh, quarterback, but he's a sophomore. Uh, Deuce Bailey. He's got a great name. Deuce Bailey, he's thrown for 2,900 yards and 33 TDs. 
Uh, he's also rushed for 375 yards and three TDs. Uh, and they have a thousand yard rusher in Javen Huddleston, um, who's a junior. Uh, the concern for me is, you know, uh, Bowling Green's coach, um, I believe Mark Spader, has, has said that um, all the pressure is on Douglas. I mean, he's he's right about that. They have nothing to lose. They've got to come in with that kind of attitude. Uh, the whooping they put on Southwestern last week was pretty impressive. They beat them 47-20, to 20 and it wasn't that close. They jumped on them 26 nothing at the start. Um Douglas is a different kind of offense. Douglas has really only given up three touchdowns in the first two quarters over the entire season. Nobody really moves the ball on Douglas. They kind of give up touchdowns because their offense puts them in a bad spot. Um, or they give up touchdowns after the running clock has been put in and their you know, second and third stringers are on the field. They don't give up a lot. Um, they gave up only 47 yards against Covenant Catholic, and Covenant Catholic was a pretty good team. Um, so if, if Douglas takes care of the ball, um, and doesn't give them any gifts, and that's one of the problems they've had over the years is, you know, Douglas has been a very, very good team, but they've run into like the team, a team that can play with them and you can't make mistakes against that team. This year, we think that Douglas is kind of, a notch above Bowling Green because Bowling Green's taken a couple losses, including a loss to Boyle County earlier in the season. And Douglas whooped Boyle County when they played them late in the season. Um, but, uh, you know, other people are, you know, afraid to pick Douglas because they just haven't done it when they've been here. They've gotten here and kind of not played their best game. And uh, that's the fear again this year. But Bowling Green has gotten here. They got here until that 2020 against Owensboro, and they played their best game, and they did it with outstanding defense as well. Really? Their defense is is no no joke either. Um, they they really sat on um, Owensboro uh, when uh, you know Owensboro had a pretty good quarterback that went on to Rutgers. Right. Um, and that was a rock fight. So it could be a rock fight Saturday night. Um, I kind of hope not for everybody's sake, but um, it could be <laughs> a lot of three and outs, a lot of punts, and we'll see who wins the field position battle. Yeah. Well, they're all interesting matchups. Uh, Jared, you mentioned some of the players. Are there any other particular players that you fans need to be uh, on the lookout for this weekend? Ty Bryant and Matagan right. uh, Quisenberry, right. Avery Bardner for uh, Barstown, Travis Egan for Bullet East, Daniel Sweeney for uh, Mail. Trying to run down here, we, you know, Cole Hodge and his little brother Connor Hodge for Christian Academy Louisville, Tyleek Williams for Bardstown, right. um, uh, Jojo Starks for uh, it's Juju Starks for. Uh, uh, Mayfield is their running back, thousand yard running back, and then you've got uh, Clay Hayden, the quarterback for Beachwood, and Chase Flaherty for Beachwood, and then you know the Birchfield kid, kid at uh, in in for Pikeville, right. and Logan Lundy for uh, Raceland. Right. So I mean, there's no shortage of great players. I mean, they're all here for a reason. Right, right, and and Jared. Uh, 
obviously this is just one part of getting people prepared for the this podcast, just one way to get prepared for the game on Saturday. You've had plenty of coverage throughout the year and throughout the playoffs, and uh, obviously you got a lot of coverage leading up to the game. Tell them how to follow you on Twitter and tell them where they can find all your uh, coverage previewing the six games this weekend. So yeah, my previews for Friday's game should be out, uh, you know, Anytime now. It could be out this afternoon on uh, Kentucky.com or, or tomorrow morning at Kentucky.com. It'll be in uh, most likely Friday's uh, paper or Thursday's paper. Um, same thing for the, the Saturday games. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is at HL Preps. I'll be doing uh, both the night games, 8 p.m. games for the noon and 4 p.m. games. You can follow Josh Moore HL, who doesn't work for the HL anymore. <laughs> But he kept that <laughs> on, a full-time on his Twitter basis. handle, didn't he? Mm-hmm. On a full-time basis, but he does uh, plenty for us on a uh, freelance basis, and he is uh, a huge help to me uh, this weekend. Uh, I, I might have to be checked away in an insane asylum uh, <laughs> if I had to cover as many games as he's covering this weekend for us freelance. And it's like, oh, I'm glad you're doing that, bud. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we'll bring it all to you, and I'll be there for – probably the entirety of both days. I'm right. just not going to write. I'm not going to write six games straight. Right. <laughs> right. no. <laughs> no. But it'll all be at the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com and uh, we'll be we'll be live tweeting. Both will be live tweeting uh, highlights on Twitter as we go. Um, so if there's a big play, uh, uh, it will be on Twitter shortly after it happens unless it just happened uh, two seconds before as a, if we go touchdown to touchdown. Um, but it's a lot of fun following us on Twitter during big games um, because we provide a view that normally you don't get until, you know, the 11 o'clock news. Right. And, you know, Josh and I do the 11 o'clock news highlights pretty much live right. and uh, let you know what happened and keep you up with uh, how the game's going. So it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Right, yeah, and it'll be an exciting weekend this weekend at Kroger Field with the Kentucky State High School Football Championship. Six great games, three on Friday, three on Saturday. One more time, I'll give you the schedule. Friday at noon, the Class A final between Pikeville and Raceland. At 4 o'clock, you got the 2A final between Beechwood and Mayfield. Then at 8 o'clock, you've got the Corbin versus Boyle County. That's the 4A final. Then uh, Jared and Josh will be back there on Saturday for the 3A final at noon between the Christian Academy of Louisville against Bartstown. Then at 4 p.m., you've got the 6A final, Louisville Mail against Bullet East. And then topping it all off at 8 p.m. is the 5A final between Bowling Green and Frederick Douglass. Jared, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Great work this season. I know you guys will do a great job this weekend. I know you're really looking forward to it. So everybody, please check out all their coverage. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Jared Peck. Be sure and check out all of his work on Twitter and online on Kentucky.com this weekend for the State High School Football Championships at Kroger Field. I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting the podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, tuned in Google Podcasts and our radio podcast. Leave us a rating review that just helps spread the word about the podcast. So, should be a great weekend of football on Friday and Saturday 
at Kroger Field. There'll be great coverage from both Jared Peck and Josh Moore covering those games. Be sure and check them out online on Kentucky.com. Thanks again to, to Jared for being on the podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.